You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter number two, we'll begin reading in verse number one and uh, read down to verse number seven. I'd like to read it, everybody, uh, all of us together, and uh, we'll pause at the uh, periods and the commas and all that good stuff as well. Luke chapter number two, beginning in verse number one. Ready? Begin. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We see in this passage, and we'll pray here in a moment, I'd like to lay a little bit of groundwork, and I want you to have an idea where we're going. But we see in verse number one, the Bible says, and it came to what? Came to pass. Isn't that interesting? You see that phrase often throughout the Bible. We see it in verse number one. We see it again in verse number 15. It says, and it came to pass. You know what's amazing is that in life, time does not stop. I am telling you, I cannot believe, not only does time not stop, but time goes so fast. It goes so quickly. And I want to, this morning, I want to, number one, I want to be an encouragement. I want to be a help to you. But I also want to remind you, and in reminding you, I want to challenge you and challenge all of us that life is made up of time. And time is passing very quickly. You say, oh, no, what do we do? We, we stick our heads in the sand and we, we fret and we worry. Oh, no, that's not the answer. The answer is to take every moment that God gives us and make the most of it. And I'd like to speak for a few moments this morning on this very simple subject. We'll see the Christmas story and we'll see some of the events. But I'd like to speak to us and remind us this morning of this subject, it came to pass. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to miss what you have for us. Lord, I know that you have used this thought this week to help me and encourage me and to remind me and Lord, to help me with my priorities and help me with my schedule. And Lord, I pray that I would uh, uh, take advantage of every moment and every second that you give me. May I use it for your honor and for your glory. And Lord, may I not waste time. Uh, may I not squander the time and the opportunities that you've given to me, but I pray that I would redeem the time. I pray that all of us here this morning would redeem and make every day and every moment count for the glory of God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanisheth away. Life goes so quickly. The Bible tells us that it appears, but it's just for a moment. It's just for a time. It's just for a season, and then it is gone. The Bible says in Hebrews, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but then after this, the judgment. We use the expression, and I think it's a good expression. We use the terminology sometimes when someone will die, and we will say that that person passed away, and we weep, and we grieve, and we mourn, and we should. But can I tell you, God did not put any of us on this earth to stay forever. God put us on this earth and he gave us a certain amount of time. And with that time, we are to use that for the glory and honor of God. That's why 1 Corinthians says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, whatever it is you do, do all to the glory of God because time passes very quickly. I want you to notice here in the Christmas story, I want you to notice some things that come to pass. Number one, I see it says it came to pass in those days that there went out a, what's that next word? A decree. We don't use that term a lot, but I'll, I'll bring it into today's terminology. There came out a law. There came out an order. There came out something that was not optional. This was not a suggestion from Caesar Augustus. Hey, if you feel like it, y'all can just kind of make your way back to your hometown and just kind of, you know, get, get there and, and register. No, 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 no. This was not up for debate. This was a law. Did you know that laws can seem ridiculous, and sometimes they are, Laws can seem crazy, and sometimes they are, but did you know laws come and go? Did you know that some laws are changed? Some laws are overturned. Some laws expire. I'll give you a couple examples of laws that are pretty wild. In the state of Washington, there is a law that is on the books that says it is illegal. Now, is anybody planning to go to Washington State anytime soon? Just want to make sure, okay? Because you are responsible for this law because I am telling you this morning, this is a law. It is illegal in the state of Washington to kill Bigfoot. I'm not joking. It's, it's on the books. You cannot kill Bigfoot. If you go to Washington State and you see Bigfoot, you can take pictures, you can write books, you can give interviews, but you cannot kill him. It's on the books. It's against the law. Don't do it. In the state of Utah, it is on the books that it is illegal. It is against the law. You may not do this, and I quote, you may not cause a catastrophe. That's the terminology. You can't do it. Don't go to Utah and have any plans of causing a catastrophe because you will be prosecuted. It's against the law. You say, I'd never kill Bigfoot, and I'd never cause a catastrophe, but some of you do this. And it's against the law in Oklahoma. It is illegal in the state of Oklahoma to eavesdrop. 
We got some lawbreakers in here right now. How many of you are sitting on the same row as a lawbreaker? Let me see, in Oklahoma, okay. Yeah, you better not raise your hand. How many of you, you are the lawbreaker. You like to eavesdrop. And uh, of course, children are notorious for that, right? Oh my, I'm telling you. But it's against the law in Oklahoma, in New Jersey. Now this, this is one of those that just blows my mind. In the state of New Jersey, if you are committing a murder, okay? You say, well, isn't murder against the law? Yeah, but if you're committing a murder, it is illegal to wear a bulletproof vest. Our tax dollars at work, folks, let me tell you. Can you believe, that's, it's, it's, it is a law in New Jersey, if you're committing a murder, don't wear a bulletproof vest because then you'll get charged for multiple things, I guess. How about this? Some of you would be guilty of this, I think. In Missouri, it's in the city of Jefferson, Missouri, it is illegal to have more than two garage sales at the same location within one year. Now, I'm telling you, I don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how that all came about, but don't even think about it if you live in Jefferson, Missouri. You can't have more than two garage sales at the same location within a year. In Louisiana, oh, they get better. In Louisiana, it is illegal. It is against the law. You can be prosecuted for wrestling with a bear. It's against the law. I, I, didn't, I didn't make this stuff up. It's against the law in Louisiana. You cannot wrestle with the bear. Now, how many of you think that someone that's crazy enough to wrestle with the bear is probably not going to read the law first, right? I mean, that's uh, probably not a good idea. In the state of Alabama, uh, there are, are, are cities where it is against the law to use silly string. Now, obviously, whoever made that law, they have had to clean up silly string before. And they said, we're not doing this again, but in the state of Alabama, no silly string. And then in Gainesville, Georgia, now this, this one, I asked the audience at the drive-in service, and most people were okay with this at the drive-in. But in the city of Gainesville, Georgia, it is illegal to eat fried chicken with a fork. Now, I'm curious, I'm curious, how many of you think it should be illegal to eat fried chicken with a fork? Let me see your hands. All right, we got a few. Now, I know I'm being really brave and I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself out here, but how many of you are like me that you do sometimes use a fork? On, oh, okay, I think it's probably the, the non-forks have it uh, compared to those with forks. But did you know there are some crazy laws out there there are some laws that come and go and laws that expire. But did you know that this law, this law came and this law went? It came to pass. Uh, lords, not only laws, but lords. Notice who gave the law here. It was Caesar Augustus. Well, Caesar Augustus, he, he was in charge and he was on the throne and he was calling the shots for a while. But guess what? Eventually, he was out. Eventually, there was a new Roman emperor. Eventually, there was a new ruler. He was the Lord for a while, but it came to pass. How about in Matthew chapter 2, the story of the wise men? Who was the king there that was listed? King Herod. Herod was the one that tried to kill Jesus. He was the one that tried to destroy the Messiah that was born. Can I tell you? Herod, he was king for a while, but 
it came to pass. His reign ended. His rule was over. I think about in my lifetime, I was born in 79, so right before uh, President Reagan uh, became the president. And President Reagan uh, was our uh, president and, and, uh, and, and George Bush. And then you had uh, Bill Clinton and then you had George W. Bush and then you had uh, Obama and we have President Trump. But can I tell you, it's an amazing thing that presidents come and go. People in authority, they come and go. It will come to pass. Next, I see lost wages. The Bible says that there came out a decree that all the world should be taxed. Now, this word taxed, I want you to hear me out. This word taxed does not mean we're taking your money. This word taxed means that everyone had to go to be registered, okay? Now, if the government wants to know your name and your number and your address and your social security number, let me just tell you, it's not because they want to send you a Christmas card, okay? It's because they want to know where to send the tax bill. They want to know where they can come to get their money. And so we see in this case that there went out a decree that all the world would be taxed and there were some lost wages, I am sure. And um, we live in a country where the average American spends 25 to 30% of their income on taxes. That's a lot of money. And anytime I see a, uh, uh, um, um, uh, something new that is uh, going to be on the ballot and they say, we are going to raise taxes for this, vote yes or no. Can I tell you, that's the easiest thing I have to do that whole day, to vote no, because we don't need to pay more taxes. Maybe the taxes we're already paying need to be managed a little better, but I'm not for more taxes. 25 to 30 percent is more than enough, but lost wages. I see next in this story, I see life. Joseph and Mary, they had grown up. Uh, they had gotten married, and, and here we see that life had passed so quickly for Joseph and Mary. I think about when I was a boy, and I'm sure we've got some other children here that can relate, maybe some adults too, but do you remember when you were a child and you'd put up the Christmas tree and you'd put up the Christmas decorations and then you'd start to see presents appearing under the tree. My parents didn't wait till Christmas Eve to put them all under. They'd kind of put them under as we got them. And I remember thinking Christmas would never come. Do you remember that? It seemed like an eternity. And as a child, you thought Christmas is never going to come. And then Christmas morning comes and boom, it's over. And you say, why did it take so long to get here? But once it got here, it went by so quickly. Life goes so quickly. I think about school days. When I was a boy, I loved going to school because I loved recess. I loved PE. I loved sports. And then my second favorite subject, I loved lunch. I mean, I was good at those subjects, you know. Now, the classes I wasn't always so excited about. But do you remember as a child sitting in a classroom thinking, this will never end? Do you remember watching a clock and thinking, something's wrong? That clock's not moving. I've been staring at that clock for three hours, and that clock still says the same thing. But the problem was it was moving. It was just going very slow. Can I tell you, life isn't going slow anymore. Life is going fast. I've had so many of these funerals here recently where I, I just I couldn't help but 
it seemed like as I'm talking to a family or as I'm talking to someone who's lost a loved one, it's almost like they stop in the middle of everything and look at me and say, Pastor, love your wife while you have her. Love your children while they're young, young and love your children while you've got them. It's almost like they were saying, hey, life has gone so quickly. And I want to tell you, life comes, but life passes. And that's why we must make every moment count. Psalm 90, David's, uh, excuse me, Moses said in Psalm 90, he said, uh, 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 we spend our years as a tale, as a story that is told. So Lord, teach us to number our days. I think about life. I see in this passage, little ones. Jesus was born and in a manger of all places. Can I tell you, it's hard enough having a baby at the hospital. There's enough uh, 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 things you're wondering about and worrying about, and there's enough things going on, but can you imagine having a baby born in a barn? Can you imagine having a baby that is born away from home? And here's Mary and Joseph, and they don't go back home for at least a year or two or more because then they go down to Egypt, and eventually they make it back. But can I tell you, uh, uh, it passed, it went by, it was difficult and it was hard. But within 33 and a half years, Mary went from holding that precious baby Jesus in her arms to standing at the foot of the cross and looking up and seeing her son dying on a cross. And can I tell you, life goes so fast. Little ones, I see long days. There were days of traveling while Mary was expecting nonetheless uh, days of having a newborn baby and, and, and days of, of dealing with all kinds of difficulties. I see late nights in the Christmas story. Some of you that work third shift, uh, you can relate to the shepherds. They were out in the middle of the night and they were outside in the cold and the angels appeared to those shepherds and those shepherds, it was just another night. It was just another night of work. It was just another night out in the fields. But nonetheless, uh, it shall come to pass and it came to pass. I see the location. The Bible says they were in the same country and the shepherds were abiding in the field. Sometimes our locations come and go and God will move from here to there or God will, will, will relocate people. I see life-altering events. The angels appeared to those shepherds and they announced the birth of Jesus. That was a life-altering event. For those, for those shepherds there, they were faced with a choice. We have received the news that Jesus is born. Now, what are we going to do about it? And I'm talking to some folks here this morning and some folks watching online and folks listening on the radio, and you have been presented with the good news of the gospel that Jesus came and Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again and he did it all for you. Now, what are you going to do with it? You've got to do something about it because this is an opportunity that God has given you. I see lessons. The shepherds, when they received the news, they made the right choice. They went and they worshiped Jesus and they went away, the Bible says, praising God. Uh, verse number 20, for all the things that they had heard and seen. I see that life passes quickly. I want to tell you, number one, there are opportunities. I would view this as the positives. I would view this as the good things. There are opportunities, but opportunities don't last forever. Opportunities come, but opportunities go. You've heard the expression, this too shall pass. And sometimes we use that when someone's going through a hardship. But can I tell you, that's also true, that sometimes the mountaintops don't last forever. 
Sometimes the, the victories don't last forever. Sometimes the good days don't always last. And those too will come to pass. So what are you doing with the opportunities God has given you? We must cherish every moment. We must make every day count. I think about the opportunity to get saved. And I know I'm talking to, uh, to folks who come to church and I'm talking to folks that I would look at around this room and assume that, that the majority of the folks here, I would assume that you're saved. I would assume that you know for sure that if you died today, that you would be in the presence of God. But maybe there's someone here today and maybe you don't know that. Maybe you're trusting in your, your parents and your good family upbringing, or maybe you're trusting in church membership, or maybe you remember you got baptized, but maybe you don't know that you've ever trusted Christ and you don't know that you've been born again. Can I tell you, this is your opportunity. I don't know that you're going to have another one. I don't know that this opportunity is going to come by again, but I know that God has given you an opportunity to get saved, but it won't last forever. I think about the story of Noah's Ark. As Noah was building that ark and as he was uh, putting those nails into the wood and as he was getting everything in place, the, the people had to know that that ark was getting close to getting done. And Noah pled with them to get on board and he pled with them to get right with God. He pled with them to be saved. And eventually, Noah and his family got on board. Eventually, those animals got on board. And eventually, God shut the door and it was too late. You say, well, how could, a, how could a loving God ever do that? Or how could a loving God ever, hey, I got a question for you. How could a holy God ever send his holy son to die for sinners like us? How could God love us so much that he would give us eternal life? You see, the question is not uh, why would God send a person to hell? The question is how could God ever, ever allow us to come into heaven? But can I tell you, he has. He's given you an opportunity. I don't know if today will be your last opportunity. If you're listening online or on the radio, I don't know if you'll get another opportunity. But I'll say this, it shall come to pass. There will be a time when it will be too late. Don't miss your opportunity. Getting saved is more important than what's going on with COVID. Getting saved is more important than what's going on with the elections. Getting saved is more important than what's going on with the economy and your job and your house and your car and your finances. Getting saved is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And don't miss the opportunity today to trust Christ. If you're here this morning and you say, I've been saved, Pastor, I know there's no doubt about it. If you took a microphone and you passed it around the room, when it got to me, I would say with confidence, I've been saved. I've been born again. I know it without a doubt. And here's my question for you. What are you doing to tell others about Christ? What are we doing to share the good news with those who've never heard, those who've never been presented the good news? If you're here today and you've been saved, don't miss an opportunity to love God. Don't miss an opportunity to love your family. Don't miss the opportunities to spend time with God and serve God and worship God. I'll tell you all this that's going on with the coronavirus and all that, you know, that's all going to get sorted out. And then next year, there'll be some other emergency. And next year, there'll be something else going on. Hey, there's always going to be distractions. But you can't put Jesus on the back burner. You can't put your family on a shelf. You must make every moment count. You're not getting 2020 back. I'm not getting 2020 back. I don't know what 2021 is going to be like, but I know this. 
I want to make 2021 count for Christ, and I want my life to be filled with opportunities that have been seized, not opportunities that have been missed. Number one, opportunities will come to pass. But secondly, I want to encourage you to say that obstacles will come to pass. Did you know the burden that you're facing right now, it's not going to last forever. The sickness you're going through, the sorrow you're dealing with, it will not last forever. I like what one preacher said, hey, your problems did not come to stay. Your problems came to pass. You see, weeping may endure for the night, but there's joy coming in the morning. You may be dealing with a burden and you may be uh, at, at, at the end of your rope and you may feel like there's no hope, but God can take your burden and God can turn it into a blessing and God can take your tears and turn them to joy and God is still in the business of overcoming your hardships and giving you healing. I'm glad that our burdens won't last forever. One of these days, we're going to say goodbye to all the troubles and all the trials of this life. I close with this. You say, Pastor, we thought you were closing a few minutes ago. Well, I'm getting ready to. This life is temporal. This life will come to pass. But there are some things that will never pass away. There are some things that will last forever. I'll give them to you quickly. Number one is the Word of God. You know, what's amazing is that we are temporal and our, our, our bodies are temporal. Let me say that. Our spirit will live forever. Our bodies are temporal. Uh, this pulpit is temporal. This microphone is temporal. These decorations are temporal. But can I tell you, this book will last forever. Matthew, Mark, Luke all say it the same. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words, Jesus said, shall never pass away. His truth endureth to all generations forever. O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I'm so glad that this book doesn't have to be updated. I'm glad that it doesn't have to be revised. I'm glad it doesn't have to be rewritten. I'm glad that it doesn't have an expiration date. I'm glad that this book that I hold in my hand, it will last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God says my word will never Pass away. God's word, number two, God's kingdom. Daniel chapter 7, verse 14, the Bible says, And there was given him a dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people and nations and languages should serve him. And get this, his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Can I tell you? This world someday is all going to burn up. This world someday, it's all going to be done. But God's kingdom will last forever. God's kingdom is eternal. God's throne is everlasting. The rewards that you and I are working for and serving for so that we can give them back to Jesus, they're not corruptible. They are incorruptible. They are not temporal. They are eternal. They will last forever. God himself is eternal. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that he has no beginning and he has no ending? He is everlasting. God himself is eternal. John chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. 
Jesus Christ. He is referred to in the prophecy as the everlasting Father. You say, you mean, you mean God? No, no, no. I'm talking about Jesus, the Messiah. He is called the everlasting Father. How come? Because he's God. And because he's everlasting. And because he always has been and always will be. Genesis 1, at the creation, we see that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I'm glad that we serve an eternal, everlasting God. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ, his kingdom and his throne will last forever. Hallelujah. And then lastly, I'll say this. God's people. God's people will last forever. 1 John chapter 2, the Bible says that the world passeth away and the lust thereof, all the things that you're working for and all the things you're striving for on this earth, someday it's not even going to matter a lick. It's all going to pass away. But God says this, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want to tell you this, you and I, when we say yes to God, when we say yes to salvation, when we say yes to serve God and live for God, we are doing something and living for something that will last forever and ever and ever. Our businesses, our hobbies, our accomplishments, our achievements, all those things, they'll burn up someday. But everything we do for Christ will last forever. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.